Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Courtside Podcast, an NBA podcast. This episode is brought to you by YouTube channels Highway Temptation and Captain Barbo, who make content on YouTube weekly. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. We are officially in the offseason for the NBA season. We had the Warriors parade earlier today. Stephen Curry was out there with three rings across his check and his new one waiting in, of course, later on this year. Uh, Clay Thompson apparently was on a boat ride, lost his NBA championship hat on the way to the Bay for his parade. But besides that parade happening, we also had a couple other insane things going on. Kyrie Irving news in Brooklyn and as well, the NBA drafts on Thursday. So we're also going to look at at the end of this episode on exactly which team needs to win this draft and keyword needs to win this draft. But let's go right into the Kyrie Irving news right now out of Brooklyn. And if you haven't heard, The Athletic actually did an article earlier today apparently saying that Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets front office are in an impasse right now on their talks for resigning. Or in other words, they're in a deadlock. There is no real conversation going on of Kyrie Irving re-signing for his player option for the 2022-2023 season. And his deadline for that is actually June 29th. So in reality, it's like, yeah, sure, he has like nine days from today to even get this deal done. So there's not really even much of a rush to even sign a piece of paper. But the fact that there's no talks, that there isn't even an active discussion between these you know, two elite brands, Kyrie Irving being his own brand compared to the Brooklyn Nets basketball brand, of course, in the NBA. Everybody else has been talking about trade scenarios, signing trade scenarios, signing scenarios for the offseason. He becomes a free agent if he doesn't decide to, you know, of course, sign with the Brooklyn Nets for that next year. And just in general, I mean, they're finding ways to say that Kyrie Irving, it's almost a done deal. He's not going to be a Brooklyn Net for the upcoming season. I find it so insane. But then again, it's almost like, you know, it's a repeated pattern now. He was in Boston, wanted to be re-signed with the Boston Celtics. If they wanted him, his quote, doesn't re-sign with the Celtics, go on to Brooklyn. Then now he's in Brooklyn. He apparently has missed more games than he's actually played. And you're trying to tell me that after the season's done, he's not going to leave, you know, number seven alone in Kevin Durant. And now he's even talking about re-signing a player option? Guarantees him just about close to $40 million for the next season. And he doesn't even want it with the Brooklyn Nets. And not even that, Brooklyn, on an off year, was still a great play-in team. Sure, it got swept by the Boston Celtics. But then again, the Boston Celtics went on to the NBA Finals. So where does Kyrie see himself in his career? And where do we even see him right now? I mean, do we even want to see Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn? I don't even think that's the best spot for him right now. If you have Ben Simmons waiting in the Raptors, just pouncing on the opportunity that if he is given you know the ball to run down he's probably going to be taking that away from Kyrie Irving not minutes I can't really say minutes but probably possession time of the ball I think Ben Simmons will probably be more ball dominant because he needs to be more ball dominant to really succeed in Brooklyn so I mean where do we see Kyrie right now well there's about three options I probably put down on paper that are most likely because right now the Lakers as well as the New York Knicks are usually going to be a heavy favorite. And I feel like we've been talking about that every single damn year. So-and-so doesn't feel right with this city, wants to go somewhere else. The top suitors are usually the Lakers and the New York Knicks. And it's a real possibility right now because let's say, for example, for the Knicks scenario, right? You go sign Kyrie and you release Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, 
maybe even Mitchell Robinson for a trade to get some money. You make some space for Kyrie. It's a real possibility. Not even that. Kemba Walker with the New York Knicks, even through year one, let alone halfway through the season, I don't even think that's the right fit for New York. I hate to say that because, of course, he is that New York City kid in Kemba Walker. But, I mean, I'm going to tell you, it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit. And Kyrie Irving, I would love to see a combination of Kyrie and the Knicks fan base. I think that would be an insane combination to see. Probably the most toxic level that we'll ever see on NBA Twitter if that does ever happen. But Kyrie Irving to New York is a real possibility to just switch over the, the river. But again, the Lakers, heavy suitors, could do a sign-in trade this time. And that could actually send Russell Westbrook over to Brooklyn. And that will be insane to even think about it because imagine the storylines of Kyrie Irving and LeBron James reunited this time on the West Coast. Westbrook and KD from the harsh fallout they had in OKC, are now teammates again in their later career. So I think that will be a huge part in NBA history if that does ever happen, if the Lakers sign and trade deal. But we're missing about one other piece. And a piece that's always forgotten in the news media. And yes, the Miami Heat are actual suitors for Kyrie Irving if he decides not to go ahead with Brooklyn. Let alone... He can actually do a sign-in trade if they don't even have the money like that yet. Kyle Lowry can be shipped off to Brooklyn. No doubt about that. Miami, I don't know exactly where they are in the luxury tax. I don't know exactly what their paycheck looks like coming out. But Pat Riley will find a way as usual. Either that means setting Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson sign-in trade off with Kyrie. Either that means that you give up a few more first-round picks. Because honestly, it looks like that the Miami Heat don't even have a pick coming up later on in their future if they keep on doing you know the recent pattern that we've seen of their recent trades but let me tell you Miami is a real suitor and they're a real contender so Kyrie Irving could join Heat culture and again don't really know exactly how that would even work out because yeah sure Heat culture it's about you know being aggressive always on time grit grind make sure you're on you know everything you need i can't really say the word on this podcast but i gotta tell you right now Kyrie irving on that heat culture it could probably shift his entire career it could probably make a mediocre performance out of him the past few years into something where we can see him deep in the playoffs again so i think that Kyrie irving to the miami heat is real i think to the lakers is real i think to the knicks is real however again i can't imagine him leaving number seven as he said before so Kyrie irving will most likely re-sign and you know sign up with that player option that he has however we'll be knowing that on the 29th of june as his deadline and going from there now we go straight into the nba drafts coming up in the nba draft there is some teams where they need to win this draft you don't really have another draft where some of these teams are a top 10 or a top 15 let alone have two picks in the first round I mean, a lot of these teams who have picks in the first round, such as Denver and Memphis, they've got picks twice in the first round. So I'll be looking into that right now. And of course, this is a wide open draft class. I think that, you know, we probably have talent all the way down to the top 15, where you can even say this could be a potential top five in other years. But what we're looking at right now is Portland, the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard. And from what I see of it, the front office moving back and forth. We got new pieces going around. I mean, they are on the cusp of a rebuild. They are right there. They're just tipping the iceberg to go full down sail into a bottomless pit of bottom of the Western Conference. 
And they want to avoid that, obviously, because, you know, I don't think Damian Lillard wants to be there for that type of rebuild where you can't even have guys competing on the court for 82 games. So the number seven pick, I think, is going to be huge. It's going to be actually miraculous to see if Portland even decides to go off on this pick. And again, there's a lot of great guys. Ivy out of Purdue, fantastic guard, gives you a three ball. And honestly, his potential right now going into the NBA could be like a Karis LeVert type of player. And he could be an automatic starter with Damian Lillard as the two. But then again, you got to look for the future. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? This seventh overall pick has to go somewhere where you can say, this is a guy we can develop. This is a guy that most likely I can see a long career here in Portland. And there might be a guy for that that's out in Arizona. And I am, of course, talking about Benedict Mothrin. Mothrin, I think, number zero out of Arizona. is probably one of the biggest sleepers in this year's draft. The guy can do everything. He'd be more aggressive, grab boards for you. He's more or less like a 2-3 type of guy, great forward on the wing. And the best part about him, his highlight reel. The guy can jump out of the building. I think he's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And, I mean, in Arizona, if you're talking about production, during the regular season stats for 2021, from his 32 and a half minutes per game, he was giving you about 17.7 points per game. And he was going off of 45% overall from field goal. 45% from field goal. If you ask me personally, you got an accurate shooter out of him. You got a guy that's aggressive, gain those rebounds offensively. Plus, as a two or a three, he can attack the basket, a slasher. This could bring another level to Portland right now at the seventh pick. Because you got guards like Murray and Ivy, which I mentioned Ivy before from Purdue. Great sharpshooter, cares the birds have a build. But man, the kid out of Arizona, you got to give him prop. So right now, Damian Lillard looking in probably his last years in Portland, will be looking at the number seven pick to really boost up Portland into another level for their rebuild. And then New York. We got to talk about New York in the 11th pick. Now, I don't know exactly who they're going to pick up at 11 because that one's like, you know, you throw a dart at a billboard. I mean, it can hit anywhere. But New York needs to figure out exactly what they need to build in because R.J. Barrett's phenomenal. I think he had a great, you know, build-up season. Mitchell Robinson is in a bunch of trade talks. So are we talking about a big here? You know, are we talking about somebody that can possibly swing back and forth? Probably even if they move out and ship Fournier somewhere, you could probably replace him real quick with some young legs. Or maybe even better yet, Julius Randle in the front court, you match with another big. I mean, there's some great centers out there. I mean, they're not going to get, you know, Chet Holmgren. But then again, you know, you could probably find something out there in this year's draft at the 11th pick. So New York is definitely going to be one team to look after. And then the one thing I would say to look at for the team who needs to win this draft doesn't even need to necessarily win it by tr you know picking anybody in the first round the memphis grizzlies who hold the 22nd and the 29th pick in this year's draft in the first round potentially could trade up to get somebody but i'm thinking they can trade everything all together to get somebody real interesting in memphis the memphis grizzlies and i mind you this isn't a guarantee but do not be shocked the Memphis Grizzlies could potentially trade up for somebody. But however, most likely, they're going to go out and get somebody for the two first-round picks. And there's a lot of teams that like those first two-round picks, despite them being the late 20s. We're talking about Sacramento, 
right? They need more pieces to build with. You got Sabonis and Aaron Fox over there. All right. Then you also look at other teams. Let's say like, I don't know, maybe the Orlando Magic. Get Anthony Cole part of a deal. Bring him over to Memphis. I think he makes a great player out there. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of potential over there. I mean, hell, if you wanted to, go out of the way. The Washington Wizards might even pick up the phone and give you Kyle Kuzma. And Lord and behold, out in Houston, there's still a sleeping giant in the name of guard basketball. And that's John Wall. A John Wall, John Morant, I don't think that's going to work at all. But could you imagine? Could you imagine the backcourt? Could you imagine the guard play coming out of John Wall? And John Morant, I mean, everybody will be having their head on a on a on a, like a loose end, just trying to go back and forth, looking around the court of these two, going back and forth offensively. If you ask me, the Memphis Grizzlies, I don't know who it's gonna be, I don't know what it could be, but they will do something potentially franchise breaking in this year's draft, and they'll be either from trading up or trading the picks entirely, which I do believe they probably will trade the picks entirely. If they use the two picks in this year's draft this late with the type of roster they have, they better have some guys that are ready to play right now because the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, second seed in the West last year, went six games against the Golden State Warriors who ended up winning the finals in six against Boston. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies are the real deal. So you got to get players in that building that can win right now. But before we end this episode, we have to talk about also recent news coming out after the NBA Finals. Kenny Atkin, who was supposed to be the Charlotte Hornets' new coach for this upcoming season, has decided to stay with Golden State as an head assistant and will not be going to Charlotte. So Charlotte Hornets back on the market for a new coach. And now we look at the top three suitors for that position. Because before, Mike D'Antoni... And Terry Stotes was actually at first, uh, kind of like the first few candidates that was in mind and top of my head. And as well, were the final candidates for that position. But man, let me tell you, I mean, it's got to be in the back for one of these guys. And Quinn Snyder now being out of a job from Utah leaving. I mean, that, this makes it even more, I mean, I mean, it's worth the bet money on this right now. I'm pretty sure everybody has an under. I mean, Mike D'Antoni, I think, is probably the favorite, you know, obvious you know, 4 Suns, quickest offense there was before the time of, you know, current NBA playoff history, winning playoff history as well when he was a head coach with Houston, was a part of that. I, I don't want to say was the reason for it, but he was a part of that Brooklyn Nets team that decided to, you know, go crazy in the playoffs when KD and Harden went all the way to the second round against the Milwaukee Bucks to seven games and ended up losing that series. But Besides that, the point is, Mike D'Antoni is an offensive guru, and he knows how to build guys up. If you ask me, LaMelo Ball would benefit probably the most if a Mike D'Antoni head coaching hire for Charlotte was to happen. Mike D'Antoni, I think, will make the next Steve Nash, but a Steve Nash on crack in Charlotte at LaMelo Ball. Mike D'Antoni will probably be that offensive mastermind that puts those guys over the, over the top. I mean, and also remind you, the Houston Rockets that I told you about, that included 2019 James Harden, the guy who was giving you multiple games, averaging 40 to 30 as a guard. So LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, including Terry Rozier, I didn't even think about him on top of my head, but Mike D'Antoni can definitely add some things to that. The other two I would probably say, besides, of course, Quinn Snyder, who was, you know, a winning coach, but still didn't really get out of the second round when he was in Utah those eight seasons. 
Terry Stotes. I mean, you can consider him. He was considerable for the Lakers job for his deal in Portland. But then again, I feel like besides Terry and Quinn Snyder, it's probably going to be Mike D'Antoni all the way. If Mike D'Antoni does not get that Charlotte job, they're missing a full-blown opportunity to bring Charlotte into the playoffs and possibly win a playoff series for the first time since 2016, I believe. So Mike D'Antoni, the Charlotte, seems to be a done deal, hopefully in my eyes. But then again, we'll never know. And hopefully we get to know by Friday for the next podcast of the court side. And I want to thank you again for joining and choosing this podcast for NBA content. And we'll be seeing you guys on Friday.